what we do here is go back, 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 back. Yeah, um, I'm very honored to be able to announce the RTP Listener of the Year. Andy gave that to me to do. And let me open this up and... Welcome, everybody, to the Raider Take Podcast. I am Micah McDonald. With me this week, but not always, filling in for Andy McDonald, we have Dan Meldrum, a.k.a. at Meldreamy, celebrity co-host this week. How's it going? Good. How's it going, everybody? Glad to be here. So, Andy is out with an undisclosed injury, and he has an announcement to the RDP listeners. He says, I apologize for the last second injury designation that made me inactive for the pod. Yet to be determined whether I'm hurt or injured, still want to bring some content for our viewers, listeners, and readers. If anything, this is a good opportunity for you guys to listen to Micah without him being interrupted by me constantly and going on my rants, as I do. Love y'all. Raider Nation stand up. Excited for some playoff and draft content coming up. Sounds like Damon Arnett to me. Ooh. (laughs) Nonetheless, we got a great number two with Mel Dreamy filling in the OG. These young guys, these young guys just don't know how to power through. Yeah. You know, an old crusty veteran like me. <laughs> Play know. through injuries. Playing I'm through like injuries. Witten. I'm like Witten out here. Oh, don't Andy, say that. He's like Arnett. Oh, well, I'm sure he'll have plenty, plenty to go on about that tangent when we come back around for pot at the end of the week. But for this We will have our mortal locks as usual. Uh, We'll go into the Raiders-Broncos recap. Just going to kind of touch on my side of the ball. Dan's going to give us his input. Going to do the same thing for some of the notes Andy had, and we'll go from there and and get our our recap in per usual. So this week's for mortal locks, Andy had the Titans minus 6.5 at the Texans, which that that one was a bad one because the Texans – Dang near beat the Titans and lost on a single doink game-winning field goal. It was uh, wild just as every Texans game normally is. Titans ran for about 1,000 yards and Tractor Cito hit over 200. Uh, And he got his 2K on the year. Titans couldn't stop Watson at all. He just balled out and threw for 365. He had got the crown for the most passing yards in the NFL, 4,823. It's amazing that someone with a 4-12 and record could go out there and put up stats like that. It's only fitting for his mortal locks that he would just go out with an L like this. And speaking for the, the normal listeners, he sucked this year. <laughs> he was terrible. Yeah, the he only w- time he won was when his, his baby girl picked my pick. Yeah, <laughs> that's very true. That's very true. The, the only good luck he had was when someone else was doing, doing the bidding for him. I had... Uh, Green Bay at, I believe it was minus five, minus five and a half against the Bears. They more than covered. They won 35-16. Aaron Rodgers went out, four touchdowns, 240 yards. As always, slung it all over the field. And they covered. Didn't matter for the Bears whether they won or lost this game. The Rams beat the Cardinals, so they got into the playoffs somehow. And like Andy said, kind of fitting that he went out with an L. I went out with a W. No big deal. Just ending the season the way we went in. So, Mortal Locks went pretty decent. Any thoughts on that? 
What was your record? Oh, for the mortal locks. Oh, I don't know. I probably should have, uh, should have crunched some numbers on that one. I want to say there's a couple weeks that we did, um, you know, multiple ones last week was a real hamper going. Like, I think, I think that I went, I think I went over the Christmas weekend, but I don't know. I want to say somewhere in the range of like 11, four and two, something like that. I had two, two pushes pretty good yeah not too bad not too bad i don't know i don't know where andy's at but i think less than that is an is a a a easy way to sum it up back to the packers they looked pretty dang dominant and i expect them to make a pretty decent run in this postseason yeah aaron Rodgers is just on a tear right now he's by all accounts leading it for the mvp race and is just on a mayhem tear right now and i think that uh drafting a quarterback in the first round a low-key uh, spark to fire under his ass to play hard, but he's been killing it this year. Yeah, I remember I remember when Favre did that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Favre came out, and it wasn't around that time, but came out and torched the Raiders the day after his dad passed away for like 16 touchdowns. Yeah, when they drafted Rodgers, he got all fired up and played a lot better than he had done the previous year, too. Yeah. All right, well, we can get into this Raiders-Broncos recap. Andy had the Raiders O versus the Broncos D. Uh, he would like to put it out there that he only watched tidbits of the action, just some replays on film. It wasn't televised in our market, uh, which I guess kind of makes sense because Rams-Cardinals was more, a more important game, which is stupid. But nonetheless, uh, I will say on my end of things, I, you know, as I've had to do in the past previously, I found some back alley European website to watch it off of. Uh, luckily found something like that i found out that i had the direct tv sunday ticket that oh I wow so i yeah. watched the game in completion you watched the game legally congratulations yeah. <laughs> basically what he wanted to touch on is that the raiders offense played the same they kind of had for the majority of the year some drives were explosive uh seems like they couldn't be stopped some drives were bad three and outs having a little bit of trouble in the red zone couldn't establish the run early and often Became pretty dependent on the pass, which is, you know, last year we saw Josh Jacobs be so dominant in the run game. And, you know, we've talked about it on the pod many times. If you get Josh Jacobs going early and often, that's when we have our best games, get the run established. It seems like, especially the last few weeks, they haven't been able to do that and really get get things going with them. Uh, it was very impressive that we scored 32 points with four turnovers, two picks and two fumbles. Some of the positives he wanted to touch on was that Carr was aggressive, pushing it down the field the last two weeks since his injury. Groin injuries can kind of hinder you from being able to escape the pocket, make things happen after something breaks down, anything like that. And he was still able to kind of just rip it and you know be aggressive with his throwing, be confident in it. Uh, Waller set a reception record, surpassing Tim Brown. And um, what did he, I, do you remember how many receptions he got? He ended up getting like 106, right? Something 107. Like, 107. Yeah. Yeah. So that was great to see that. Uh, Jacobs also got over a thousand rushing yards. He did struggle to get going, but he, he didn't need too much going into this game to, to hit that mark. And I'm glad we were kind of able to get it to him, but yeah, it was kind of one of those things that the, the offense showed, you know, they showed the good things about our offense and they showed the, parts that we struggled on a lot and you know we hit the they hit the records like Andy had kind of touched on previously but all in all it was you know it was it was rough to barely beat the Broncos I'll touch on the D a little bit but what are your thoughts on how the offense played going to the last game 
we'll have W. I think um, the last few games, our offensive line's been not able to open up holes for Jacobs. And he uh, and the O-line is getting beat on pass protection. Mm -hmm. So when Carr did get in trouble, you know, it was because he was rushed. You know, we took forever to get Josh Jacobs going just because there was no running lanes to run through. And it's been like that for the last few weeks. Um, I know they had to go with, uh, what's his name, Sam Young at right tackle. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, uh, your guys there at left guard. Simpson, John Simpson. Simpson, but, you know, he I think he's got a future with us. But Yeah, he's young. And Old Miller was getting beat um, off the edge. So even on some of those great plays that Carr made, you know, a split second later, he was about to get sacked again. Yeah, exactly. You know, Waller had a costly fumble. Jacobs fumbled. Luckily, he got it back. And there was a holding call on that call. But yeah, so it was a sloppy play. It was just sloppy. Um, the last few weeks, it's been sloppy with the O line. And I really think that's what's been our problem last few weeks. But even with all that, they were able to overcome it and really get going in the second half. Yeah, it was just one of those things where you just, you know, they're like you kind of said, the run game's been a few weeks. It's been, you know, probably last four or five games or so, it seems like they've just kind of struggled to get that run game going. And you always just watch it and you're like, all right, let's get things going. Let's get things going. And they kind of stall out or they have a big, you know, a big drive that blows up and then they settle for a field goal. And it's just kind of like you're waiting for things to kind of click and just explode. Like we saw that happen in the first half of the season. And it just, just kind of frustrating that it's like, if you clean up a few things, it's like, we'd be up by a couple touchdowns by now, but right. Well, getting on to the defensive side of things, they uh, didn't quite pan out like I predicted in our preview pod. Um, I I don't know why I just continue to think like, all right, next week's going to be better. And, you know, they they pulled some out here. Or they, you know, got beat here, did bad here. But, you know, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and, and come back. And boy, did they just not do that whatsoever. Uh, Drew Locke threw for 339 and two touchdowns, did not have any turnovers, which was the biggest part of the last time we played them. They had four interceptions, I believe it was. Jerry Judy went off. It was absolute crapshoot trying to guard him. Um, he had the one big 92-yard reception, which obviously he had five receptions, 140 and a touchdown. You know, 92 of that was on one reception. So it's not like he was going out there and catching 10 balls, just blowing, every, you know what I mean? Like just blowing everybody out of the waters. But they had him on a lot of crossing routes. They had him doing a lot of things, getting across the field. And it seemed like we were kind of running Tampa two a decent amount of the time. And he would just get, you know, be in their zones and he'd get behind the linebackers and, you know, find find the open gaps. I think that's what they might have been running when he got that touchdown. But, you know, you got people just finding the gaps like that. And they, you know, they had they were missing KJ Hamler, one of their speedy slot receivers. But they had people just kind of step up all over the place for the most part as far as the receivers are concerned. But they just – the defense just played like they've been playing all year, you know, and it was no surprise that that happened. You kind of hoped that things were going to get better, and then they did not. And tell me if you've heard this before. I think Nevin Lawson has get, gotten burnt and a touchdown scored on him by every single position on the field that is eligible to run a route because they just – it seems like he just gets targeted all the time, and he's either too far off and they make a big play on him or he just can't. I don't know. I just I feel like anytime there's a big play, big reception, that dude's around that receiver and he's the one guarding him. So but I, I don't have much else on the defense other than it was just a, a crapshoot. You know, it was kind of embarrassing that we almost lost that game, came down to going for two. Once again, 
against the Broncos on the last game of the season. But what are your thoughts on that defense? It was funny you bring Nevin Lawson up because I was cussing at him during the game. <laughs> you know, like I do every he gets week. beat all the time, but the time he does defend a play, he's waving his arm. Oh, like, yeah. No way, no, yeah. you shut down. Like, yeah. Dude, you get, just stop it. Yeah. Yeah. You're Nevin Lawson. Okay. Stop it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it kind of almost makes sense a little bit that he has to celebrate good plays because there's never happens. And, you know, it's, it's far and few between. But yeah, I feel he does that stuff. I'm just like, come on, dude. <laughs> Is he like uh, supposed to be on the outside, or is he supposed to be a slot uh, corner? Um, I mean, he's. I, I he think playing out of position. Well, so he he had some success last year. I feel like a little bit, and they they brought him. Maybe they brought him back. But I feel like he's played well as a rotational guy. But Arnett's been hurt all year. You know, Trayvon's been in and out, and they got rid of Conley and didn't resign Worley. It was like he kind of like had to step up as like a primary starter or, you know, someone that was rotate, rotating in a lot. And I think it just all that playing time that he's gotten has kind of exposed him. I feel like he played sparingly last year and, you know, he was out on the field and he made some big plays, but he wasn't out there 24 seven. Like he kind of has been this year and hasn't been getting, never got really exposed as much as he did this year. Right. Uh, as far as the whole defense, I thought the first quarter uh, was atrocious. They seemed, the defense seemed, uninspired i felt like oh they're just trying to get through this game so they could start their off season yeah there wasn't a whole lot of gang tackling i specifically saw one run play where carl nassib's right next to him but he's not getting in on the tackle yeah and somewhere around the second quarter they realized oh this is a game maybe we got a chance or something and they started playing a little tougher against the run but you know as typical raider defense this year, they started getting shredded here and there or picking on Nevin Lawson or just throwing underneath. And our DBs will not be physical. Our DBs, they just want to run with you. They, they'll be physical with you after, before you make the catch. But afterwards, you can't expect them to bring the guy down. It just frustrates the heck out of me. I know it frustrates Gruden because he wants physical cornerbacks. Yeah, and I feel like we see like – one of the first couple of plays of the game, Arnett was really physical coming up and making some tackles on, you know, run plays and stuff like that. But it, it like well, covering it, a concussion because yeah. of those plays, but, you know, every so, other game, but I love it when he makes those plays. Yeah. So. And, and Mullen Mullen showed that too. But like, like you said, the, you know, being physical and taking someone down, you know, being physical within the, the passing route or after they get the ball um, out in the open field and stuff, a little dicey, but yeah, I don't know. Um, unfortunate on that 92, yard play third and 10 <laughs> they're on the eight yard line and i wish andy was on this call because i really wanted to hear him break this play down mm-hmm. andy knows defense and i mean i see abrams was up towards the linebackers and judy ran behind him i don't know if he was out of position or not but there's a lot of guys open on that play it's like what the heck defense were they in is this another miscommunication back there well, I think they were running. I think they were running a cover two. If you saw, they had a zoomed out replay of it. You know, Mullen was dropping with him and then passed him off over the middle and was covering kind of the flats. And then I think it was, I think Jeff Heath back there, you saw him drop and almost playing more towards the sideline. And I think Abrams wasn't deep enough on his like middle, middle Tampa two like coverage. Linebackers weren't at deep and he didn't, he was. I saw some people talking and saying how he, he was kind of freelancing a little bit on that play. And he looked like he was freelancing to me, but um, I, I don't know what play was called. I don't know if he was supposed yeah, to. Yeah. Yeah. And I, so 
but that just kind of chalks back right into what we discussed last, you know, last time about uh, how uh, the maturity of the defensive backs and, and him just kind of freelancing and, and, you know, being careless with things or, you know, taking bad angles or being, you know, reckless in general, getting personal fouls, stuff like that. That was kind of on full display almost. Um, These DBs, man, they, uh, they got a lot of lessons learned this year. So yeah, definitely. We can only go up from here. So yeah. And you know, DB is the hardest, one of the hardest positions to play, especially with the rules nowadays is so favored towards the offense. You know, you got a lot of young guys that are, playing on the fly, trying to learn on the fly. They're young. Like you said, they're learning these things the hard way, unfortunately, on top of being in a defensive scheme that all accounts sounded like it was confusing in itself, not necessarily catered towards putting players in the best position. So, you know, hopefully, like you said, all we can do is go up from here. Did you? Sorry, did you have anything else you want to touch on at all as far as the defense is concerned? I guess as far as the game's concerned in general, just overall. Well, I guess with defense, I thought – are we going to give up this game Dude. on a crazy penalty? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's right. We were texting about that. And it was like they got the de- – I mean, luckily it was a delay of game and not like some like personal foul, you know, like unsportsmanlike conduct personal foul for 15 yards or something stupid. Well, I thought, you know, the ref should have been blowing the whistle, whistling that thing dead. Maybe our player wouldn't have picked up the ball and acted like it was a fumble. Yeah, I know that. I, I mean, obviously you can't really like – tell a whole lot on tv and stuff like that but it didn't seem like anyone was acting like a whistle was blown or anything like that i mean i don't know but yeah at the same time it's like come on man <laughs> you know yeah. it's like if you're looking around and everybody's stopping because they seem like a whistle's blowing like you're about to screw us over right now and <laughs> it was just were, about to be I thought right then and there they were getting into field goal range yeah it was like and i like i think that was i think they had a big big 20 yard play to jerry judy on that one too to get them kind of where they were at but Right after that kickoff went down, uh, I think Andy texted both of them. I was like, is anybody like worried about what's going to happen right now? Because I know exactly what's about to happen right now. And we're like, yeah, I don't, I don't. Good heavens, I hope this doesn't come down to the same thing. And it almost did. It almost did. Yeah. Well, we've seen it so many times. I'm starting to get a little numb to it. Yeah, exactly. Just like not only just the Raiders losing in atrocious fashion, but like penalties being linked to, you know, one final play that obviously with Fitzpatrick in the face mask last week. but So I guess to kind of round this out, we will touch on a few things that are in the news right now. Uh, do you want the good news or the bad news first? Um, give me the bad news. Okay. Bad news first is that this morning or late last night, Josh Jacobs was arrested for a DUI when there was a crash or some type of like fender bender incident after supposedly partying last night yeah you know they came home and partied yeah end definitely of the, end of the year season's over figuring yeah. out something to do they got this money i it's they're in vegas yeah so we we saw melvin gordon kind of come across this issue mid-season he didn't have anything happen to him outside of i think fangio benched him for a game he got some you know in-house uh discipline so I don't know how much we'll have to worry about any type of discipline from the NFL or not. But Oh, I'd expect a big one because we're the Raiders. Well, yeah, I mean, that's true. Anyone else lose a draft pick because the mask wearing? Yeah, the, Titan, the Titans had like 30 players get COVID because they were practicing at some high school, but the Raiders didn't have a mask on at Waller's fundraiser and lost shit like that, yeah. So you're right. We'll probably should expect to lose him for the whole season next year. <laughs> uh, 
but the uh like i was kind of we were talking about it earlier today too and i that whole mantra of you know the raiders raiders young players in vegas you know gonna gonna have trouble you know like you like the question you you asked us about about the you know guys with character and, and high football iq and stuff like this this isn't boding too well towards you know having a good good side of that argument but well, luckily, luckily, we don't have a game next week. Yeah, right. He could have been punished by the league for something from that. But uh, I imagine this will all be resolved before they even report to camp. So yeah, I mean, I, it's just I more know, of a downer than anything. Yeah, the shitty, shitty situation. You know, luckily, no one got hurt, no one was injured or anything like that. But just kind of a crappy way to, you know, round out a disappointing season somewhat that we had. But and then the. I guess the good news is that the search for defensive coordinator has already started. We requested to talk with Chargers defensive coordinator Gus Bradley. Also, Falcons defensive coordinator turned interim head coach Raheem Morris. Obviously, he's kind of in the running for head coach there in Atlanta, potentially. Might be a minute before we heard anything about you know his want or need or, or expectation of wanting to potentially come here or not. And the last guy they potentially were going to talk to was Joe Barry, who was, who is the assistant head coach for the Rams. He's also the linebackers coach and was, I, I, I heard part of the reason talking to him was he was a big, big reason for Corey Littleton kind of going from an undrafted free agent to a pro bowler within a, you know, two or three year span. So kind of a familiar face around one of the bigger money free agents we brought in. I guess if I had a, a choice out of those three, I would probably want Raheem Morris to come in because that that team kind of took a total 180 on the defensive side of things after uh, after he took over and kind of had more control over the team overall. But that will also be the number one Gruden's just bringing in guys from his Tampa Bay time because I believe Raheem Morris was with him in Tampa Bay. At- yeah, him and uh, the Steelers coach were there when Gruden was there. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, they played great against us. The Falcons this year Yeah, pretty much held us in check. I like Gus Bradley, too. He's proven. And just kind of like when Marinelli came over, his players will follow him. And the Chargers got some good defensive players over there. Yeah. So, you know, maybe if there's any uh, Charger free agents that want to keep playing for him, we'd be able to snag them. Yeah, he uh, – I mean, they, by all accounts – you know, supposed to have one of the top defenses in the league and played really well to start up the season. But once again, you you had, uh, you know, injuries to Derwin James. You had injuries to some of the, the main guys on that defense. And obviously that takes a hit. And, you know, I say everybody deals with injuries, but he would be a great candidate as well. Just because, like you said, kind of proven, shown that he can go out there and, and run a top 15 defense. So, but that is, you know, the season's not even over yet. Not everybody's officially able to start talking to teams and whatnot. People got to put in requests. Like I said, the the Rams linebacker coach, they're not even going to get to talk to him until after the season's over with. So all that stuff's very premature, but news nonetheless coming out that we want to touch on. And we do plan on doing a end of season kind of recap, go over player stats where everybody ended, kind of, uh, you know, winners, losers of the season kind of look at the rankings where players ended up, where the team ended up, you know, an end of the season recap in general. Uh, we're going to wait till after the season is completely over because we do want to be able to dive into 
some NFL stuff in general, playoff stuff in general, and don't want to have to, you know, kind of squeeze that in between doing other stuff with what's going on in the playoffs. So we are going to get that out to you guys. We are going to wait till, you know, February timeframe when, when all the playoffs and everything is done so we can actually deep dive into it, you know, maybe get a whole episode just based around that and really get some, get some info out there. So Dan, appreciate it. Appreciate you coming on. Um, got any last, last words for the listeners? Yeah. Um, I'm very honored to be able to announce the RTP listener of the year. Andy gave that to me to do. And let me open this up and Oh, it's at Mel Dreamy. Oh, imagine it's that. Mel Dreamy. Imagine that. It's kind of like, you know, maybe somebody else should have won it, but just like the Raiders did this last weekend. Hold on. Kind of squeaked one out. Squeaked one out squeaked at the end. Out. Yeah, there was there might have been a little uh little brown nose in this last podcast to kind of kind of work his way up there. But that is an unofficial guess. Just so everyone knows it's an unofficial guess that Mel Dreamy has made that he himself won. But Never know how it's going to shake out. So, I kid, I kid, but I'd like to give uh, you two little brothers uh, uh, kudos for a great podcast. There's not too many Raider outlets out there where I feel like they know football, and um, I know you boys do, and uh, I enjoy listening to you guys, and uh, I just say keep up the good work. Yeah. Well, we appreciate it, and it obviously – the reason we know those things is because of you. You know, you started us out young, whether you want to say you led us to the light young or brainwashed us young. I don't know which which route you'd rather rather go with it, but uh, I'm like, I'm like the Mara Marinovich of this family. Oh, good heavens. <laughs> <laughs> Except for instead of never eating a burger until we were 18, uh, you know, it was pepperoni, mushroom, and olive pizzas. Yeah, and... And we could never give up one touchdown on Madden, even oh, though you're help you. beating people 83 to nothing, <laughs> playing 50. I don't know how you played 15 minute quarters. That well, I had to, I had to rack up my stats back. Then. Yeah, yeah, it's unbelievable. I feel like I've, I tried to do that before. I'm like, this is unbelievable. I don't know how you get through. Like you literally would have to play once a week, like a regular season, just to do that. <laughs> but nonetheless, appreciate you coming on. As always, rate, subscribe, review. Share it on Facebook, share it on Twitter, anywhere you see it. Get the podcast out there, show the love. We appreciate all the love and appreciate you coming on there, Mel Dreamy. Yeah, thanks for having me. Andy, I teased you, but I love you. I hope you get better. Well, we'll uh, see you all next week. Cue the music.